And we're live. Another episode of Athletic Insights. We're joined today by our guest and close personal friend, Reese Larry of Rockville, Ontario. Reese, how are you doing today? Doing well, Zach. Appreciate you having me on and uh, excited to be here. Thank you for coming down. Um, so for those of you listening at home, uh, Reese uh, came down from Toronto to do this with us today. So we really appreciate his time. And briefly, before we get into this, uh, Athletic Insights is a resource for youth sports organizations, coaches, parents, and young athletes at home looking to get a glimpse in, in, in behind the scenes of elite athletics. And um, also to show like r role models from Brockville and, and people who um, even I, I myself looked up to in high school and, and in college. So um, Reese, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your youth sports experience in Brockville and then how that ultimately led you to wanting to compete at a high level in basketball? You know what? I think uh, looking back on my youth, youth sports experience, I think the, the big word is variety uh, and probably, you know, it was very busy. Um, but, you know, I think it was, you know, looking back at that period of my life, it was unbelievable to be able to play a variety of different sports, you know, fill a variety of different roles and be able to, you know, contribute in different ways to ultimately, you know, teams that involve my close friends and people that, you know, I spent all my childhood with. So, um, you know, started in hockey, like most people in this area, uh, did that for a number of years and then would play, you know, soccer and baseball in the summer. Um, and volleyball. I remember the <laughs> first time I met you or passed you is maybe I was in grade seven. I think you're in grade eight and we were at a tournament in Maynard. And I just remember hearing, you know, this guy's six, two or six, three, however tall you were in grade eight. And I said, why are we playing? Like, this doesn't seem fair. Um, anyways, but, uh, yeah. So when did you start taking basketball competitively? And then just talk a little bit about your experience playing, uh, Blazers growing up and then transitioning to, uh, other teams in the area. Yeah. So, um, basketball, you know what, I guess moving towards high school, like grade seven, eight, I was playing everything still and was, um, you know, probably just as passionate about playing football, soccer. We had a very good team and I was, I think up until under 14, um, and then basketball was sort of what I did in the winter, um, but didn't play a ton in the summer until I would say grade nine or 10, which is when, you know, you're in the high school level, you're playing at a higher level, like you mentioned, what we were called the blues at the time, but in the, in the Brockville Basketball Association, um, you know, you're playing in, in more tournaments that go later in the year. So uh, people are then asking, you know, maybe play on their summer team or I would go to more camps mm -hmm. um, and, you know, play against, you know, in a pretty competitive environment. So um, grade nine and 10 is when, you know, that picked up. Um, I remember getting called up in grade 10 to play for our senior team at BCI and playing at IASA and uh, it was in Kingston and, you know, being approached by what would be my future coach uh, in Kingston, you know, asking what I was doing in the summer, um, you know, why, I, you know, where I was going to maybe look to play or, or what my plans were. And to be honest with you, I didn't have really a plan yeah. um, other than, you know, putting in the work in Brockville and, and continuing to, you know, hone my own and hone my skills and improve my own game. Um, but an opportunity, you know, opened up there. Um, so it kind of became for the rest of high school, you know, play blues from, I guess we'd start, you know, late in the fall, maybe right before Christmas until May, and then, you know, have a little bit of time off and then would go to Kingston and play in the summer at Queens. So, um, you know, that's when I started to kind of realize, okay, like there could be a future here for me. And then obviously having a, a nice growth spurt in the middle yeah. of high, early to mid high school helped. Um, when did the, the switch flip for you? So I know you said you started taking it more seriously about 14, 15, but when did the switch really flip for you? Cause one thing about, <coughs> excuse me, one thing about a lot of the elite, uh, elite athletes in Brockville that I've gotten a chance to train with and play with and, and be friends with is, um, 
we there's a group of us who really grinded yeah. and you were obviously a part of that and one of the leaders in that um group so when did the the flip switch for you specifically and how helpful was it to have a guy like Trent around for sure yeah i think actually you know i, had, I was lucky enough to grow up um you know in a in a time and i mean brockless bruce a ton of good athletes over the years but uh like in my sort of high school era you know plus or minus a few years like there were so many good athletes that uh created this sort of internal competition not that you know we were all in the same sport but I think we all pushed each other to be better. Um, and you know, that was something that, that helped, um, in terms of, you know, development. And I think the, to answer your question about like, when did I want to take that, that next turn and, and when did things kind of ramp up? It was probably when I was playing, you know, in some of the higher divisions of, you know, OBA or, um, in these summer tournaments across Canada, the U S that, you know, the competition in basketball became greater and, Mm -hmm. you know, you became, every game you were playing like you were bound to get better based on who you were playing against and you know that was cool for me being from a small town to be able to go to all these different places and and playing these you know high intensity games and so i think you know that made me look in the mirror and say i need to get better at x y and z mm-hmm. you know i need to get in the gym my a favorite line i've had from one of my coaches is you know when i we'll probably talk about this later but when i did you know eventually specialize and and just stick to basketball later in high school was you know your your second sport has to become the weight room mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you know do everything you know outside of the gym that you can um do to improve your game so Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, very similar for me that I'd say the flip switched when I was 16 and it was just finding football. Like yeah. I found something that I had a possibility to take further mm-hmm. and I was like, well, I'm going to put this work in. Let's see what I can do with it. Um, and then when I got a little validation, I don't know if you remember this, uh, me, you and Huey McFall were hanging out at his house one evening. Um, not getting into trouble, not doing anything wrong. <laughs> and uh, you had both sat me down and I respected both of you so much because also Huey could have probably played any sport he wanted Absolutely. post-secondary. He has different goals, but, um, and I remember you you told me that I was turning heads. I think it was my first year from St. FX and that that meant a lot for me um, to get validation from from you guys because you guys are the guys I looked up to in high school. So a um, little trip down memory lane there. There you go. But uh, Reese, why don't you talk a little bit about brothel basketball, what it meant to you, the role your dad played, and then start uh, touching base on your recruiting process that led you to being um, very successful at Katie Axman. For sure. So I think I owe a lot to the Brockville Basketball Association, like playing for the Blues my whole life, basically. Um, it was cool. We kind of got started at a time when there hadn't really been a team for a few years at my age group. And I was in grade four uh, and my dad was one of the coaches. So I was able to play with the grade fives and sixes um, and, you know, learn a lot. I mean, I was I was <laughs> pretty undersized, pretty young, um, but that was sort of my first memory playing and obviously to have my dad on the staff was, was pretty cool. Now looking back, um, and you know, he did a lot for me kind of, you know, finding that passion for the game and he did you know, a lot for a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, he put in a lot of time and I think uh, a lot, like we were talking earlier, like, you know, you appreciated it and I certainly appreciate it. And even more so now just you know realizing that commitment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from there moved on, continued to stay with the blues until, as I mentioned early in high school, but each year, you know, there were certain, there were ups and downs for sure. Like when I was in grade seven, I remember not really being, you know, a strong player on the team, like probably was undersized again when, you know, people started to grow, um, was probably playing in a position where I hadn't really had any experience before being on the outside, uh, you know, around the, around the perimeter and ultimately it was a blessing in disguise to be able to kind of, you know, all improve my game, you know, all around and, and develop some new skills there. But, um, again, like really enjoyed my time, played with a lot of great friends, Played for a lot of great coaches who put in a lot of time and effort to make it a great experience for us. Um, and, you know, those relationships still exist today when I see people around the city. 
Now, with regards to moving on to the recruiting process, um, as I mentioned earlier, was playing high school for BCI and then in, uh, rep basketball in Kingston at that point. Um, you know, the I would say it really picked up probably summer going into grade 12. Okay. So maybe a bit later than for most people. But, um, you know, I'd had a, a pretty strong year in grade 11 playing for a team in Kingston. We went to a lot of different places where, you know, coaches would be in gyms watching. Um, I was reached out to by some schools, I would say July, August of that year, Acadia being one of them. Uh, led to a you know recruiting trip early in the year. Um, but one thing I will mention is I had a former teammate uh, at Acadia who was from the Kingston area, and we were just in an open gym. Uh, he'd been home for a weekend and invited me to come up for an open gym to scrimmage with him and some of his friends. And, you know, I think that's why it's so important to just, like, take every opportunity you can because that ultimately, you know, I think having gone to that open gym and, and held my own, I think, mm-hmm. like, led to some the interest kind of picking up. Um, and then... Uh, Acadia being sort of, you know, really on my radar after right, that and yeah. going out there and, and, you know, speaking to the coaches and talking to people on campus, talking to the players, like got a really good feel for, you know, what Acadia was all about and uh, made my decision, you know, I would say to, in the fall of grade 12. But the recruiting process was a little bit, I'm not going to lie, it was a little bit, um, you know, daunting at first because like I, <laughs> I really didn't have any experience with that sort of until that well nobody does when you're when you're applying to university like i mean that's kind of on the horizon early in grade 12 so it's a little bit overwhelming in terms of like hey what do i want in my university like what do i want to take like there's a lot of different kind of variables that go into it and obviously i was very serious about basketball so like that was a a big part of the decision as well um so definitely experience it was like was great but like i don't know if i could have prepared for it any other way right i think kind of just by jumping in so for sure yeah um and one thing i want to want to get your take on just briefly before we get too deep into Reese Larry is um, me and you are both huge advocates for youth sports, but specifically Brockville and Brockville athletics. So um, do you want to just touch base a little bit about the, the growth you've seen and, and just what this small community, uh, small athletic community means to you? For sure. Yeah, no, I think we were talking before this, like I, I, that year. So we'll get into this later too. But when I had a knee injury, I was spent a little bit of time at home, you know, doing my, uh, doing my rehab and my physio and was able to be around the basketball program specifically. Mm-hmm. And just to see the, the growth of the Blazers since when I played and, you know, the amount of teams and the amount of kids that are playing is unbelievable. And I'm like so happy to see that basketball is in such a great place in this community. Uh, there's a lot of people who, who, who make that happen. And, uh, you know, that's even from like having like a facility where people go to individuals and having more gym time available, like little things like that, um, is like awesome to see. And in terms of like the overall horizon of youth sports, like it's, I, I could talk about it for days, but just like the, the importance and the value, like that, that plays can play in people's lives is unbelievable. And from an early age just to see people having experiences across the board, whether it be hockey, football, basketball, soccer, um, you know, even when I was growing up lacrosse, like that was prominent and like mm. a lot of people's youth sports routine. So, um, I'm probably missing some other sports that are, that are offered to kids right now, but like, mm. yeah, it's great. I mean, it's such a nice, such a great vehicle and, and, uh, you know, lesson of life skills that you can take from it. And that's perfect. Let's, um, because it's been brought up a couple of times, why don't you just like touch base on a couple a little bit about the injuries you've had, um, the perseverance you've showed, and then the newfound respect for um, just for sports it gives you. For sure. So, you know, I had a couple in university. Um, one was early on in my second year, and I had a I, I thought probably uh, to date like the best off season ever um, in terms of you know getting my, taking to heart what was sort of discussed in my exit interview in my first year, like wanting to make those improvements, you know, wanting to go walk in with you know a purpose on you know why I was here and like the improvements I had made. So. Um, had a broken wrist 
like first or second weekend of the season, ended up having surgery on that, like shut me down for the season. Um, and you know, that was tough because we had a very good team I, that year for sure. There was a lot of expectations. We were coming off, you know, winning an AUS championship, which was probably one of the best experiences I've ever had as an athlete, just to, you know, see all those months and, <laughs> and for the guys before me who were on my team or the guys who, who were in senior years of eligibility, like to see all the work they put in to make that happen mm-hmm. was unbelievable. So the motivation I had from that experience and being at nationals in my first year was sort of all money in the bank to want to come back and like really, you know, be, you know, more of a contributor in my second year. So, you know, that, that was a, a tough setback, you know, nationals, which we ended up making were in Ottawa that year. So, you know, that was tough not to be able to play in front of friends and family. Um, but ultimately, you know, that one, that one again, like made me look in the mirror and think like, okay, well, there's no point of pouting. Like there's, there's a lot of, A, I have like six months and six months of rehab, probably, you know, three or four months in a cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another few months to get back into game shape. So like, I want my summer to be my season. Um, so I was, you know, trying to play as much as I could. Um, and, you know, remember how, you know, tough it was to be on the sidelines, like watching. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward a few years, um, you know, I'd, I'd come back. I thought, you know, started to contribute more. Um, probably had a, probably had my best year of university in 14, 15. In terms was that when you led the AUS in rebounding? It was. So right. came back and, you know, was, was proud to do that. Um, and then, uh, basically had an ACL injury again, very early the next year. Um, and that one was tougher just because, I mean, you know, that's such a scary injury to hear about <laughs> yeah. like ACL, you're, you know, you, a lot of thoughts run through your head. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a time where again, definitely took my time to kind of get over it, maybe a few days to a week. Um, but then it was like, let's go because mm-hmm. there's so many different steps that you have to take in order to, to come back from that. And you can't, you know, can't wait. take any off. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to stop really quickly. Sure. Um, Everyone at home listening, you need to listen to the words Reese is saying when he talks about um, these injuries. It's all about how he personally perceived them. Um, he, yeah, he was sad for a couple of days and devastated even. But he, you know, like I always say, those athletes can wipe that stuff away and focus on the task at hand. Are so the guys who are going to continue? They're going to rehab. They're going to they're going to get better, and then they're going to continue their prehab. And the other thing I wanted to say is when you had talked about you're going to make the off season. Um, your season, mm-hmm. you have to have that attitude anyways. The off mm-hmm. season's where you get better. You don't get better doing the same things every day if competition isn't there. For sure. So one of the things that I always, I had a different perspective towards the off season. Playing football is a little bit different than than basketball or soccer or whatever sport. But for football, my goal in the off season was I'm going to get bigger, faster, and stronger than every single person on any team I'm on. So that when it comes into training camp, yeah, I'll get my hands, I'll get my roads, I'll get Mm -hmm. my legs in then. That was just my personal perspective towards that. And I think like, you know, you bring up a good point there. Like, especially when you're a university athlete, you have like eligibility. So like you're on the clock from day one to like your fourth or fifth year. Um, And so, you know, what you can do between year one and year five and like the improvements you can make is like so huge in terms of, you know, maximizing your time as a university athlete. Um, Yeah, you're living, breathing, walking example of that. Right. So I think, you know, that was with this knee injury, it was like, okay, you know, luckily enough, I I didn't burn a year of eligibility because it happened so early in the season. So like Mm. that was like (laughs) some some good fortune for that, I guess. Like, we'll take that as a positive when like I was looking for anything to be a positive. Um, Anyway, that was probably the toughest test as an athlete I've ever had, just in terms of, okay, you gotta, you gotta get up and walk. You gotta then learn to run. Then you gotta cut, then you gotta jump. Um, lateral. then you gotta sprint, then you gotta move laterally. Like, and like the confidence, you know, you need prior to making that next step is like so important in your recovery, in your rehab, because 
if you want to get back to like the speed and the athlete and the, you know, <laughs> the ability, have the power you had before, like you have to trust yourself and the work you're putting in is paying off. So it really taught me a lot about that. And, you know, knowing that there's no shortcuts, you're not going to, you know, can't cheat the system. Um, otherwise you'll, you could end up being right back where you were. Right. So, and yeah. that could happen throughout the rehab process. So, yeah. you know, when I got through that and was able to come back and play my last year, it was like, I had so much confidence and so much appreciation for the sport and the game and everything that came with it. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. Um, so big question coming now. We ask everybody, what is your internal motivation? Um, and it's obviously a little bit different now that you've stepped away, but when, sure. you, when you were playing sports, you know, what was the thing that, you know, kept you up at night, got you up early in the morning, um, your why in terms of putting in all the, the work and the time and, and the patience with rehab, because yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. For sure. I think it was, I, I think back to those days and like, I wanted to play in like meaningful moments. I wanted to be on the floor when like it was a tie game with like 10 seconds left. You know what I mean? I wanted to have that trust of my, both my teammates and my coaches and you know that's what kind of drove me to you know do those extra workouts like be smart with my rehab but be aggressive with my rehab um and like as i touched on earlier it, to come back in that last year like the injury changed my why it was like i want to come back and like do this because if i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna do this rehab and i'm gonna go through this eight or nine month process i'm gonna do it right and i'm gonna do it so that when i come back it's like super rewarding for not only myself but those who help me and like I have so many people to thank for that. And like, that was also my why it was like, if people are investing time in me to make my recovery better, mm. you know, I want to do this for everybody. For so. sure. What were, uh, what was your most fond memory when you were playing at uh, Acadia? And then what was a low point? Um, one of the things, obviously the injury, sure. there might be something else. One of the things we talk about is um, process isn't linear. There's ups and downs. Mm -hmm. So if you just want to touch base on one of each. Yeah, I think my, well, I talked about it earlier, but my AOS championship in my first year was amazing just to, just to see the, 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 how hard that was. And like to see, you know, our team come away with that. Um, you know, that group of people, coaches, players, like I'll have, that memory forever um so that was and it, it felt a bit you know it was my first year of university so like i think i realized how hard was that set. was exactly yeah. right and like unfortunately we didn't get back to to being on that stage as champions but i really realized from that experience like this is how how hard it is and and the amount of work that goes into it which drove me to try and deliver that when i was a senior for the younger right. guys etc right. be a contributor to that but again coming back from the ACL injury was such a high too like being able to play in nationals that that last year you know having my parents in the crowd who obviously were with me my whole life and and pushing me in sport and supporting me in sport but also throughout that rough patch when I was you know sideline like they were they were huge in that and I can't thank them enough so like that was amazing too to like look in the crowd and see my mom and my dad watching um I mean I, I talk about being hurt like that's clearly low like I, you know, I think especially when you come off, as I mentioned, like off seasons where you prepare really hard and, and that happens, like it's, it's unfortunate. And like, yeah. that's something that, you know, really bugged me. But, um, I mean, there's always going to be, you know, losses and things like that, that, that are annoying. And, um, but the injuries would overweigh, overweigh that for, for sure. So Reese, I wanted to ask you about, have you had, um, a full circle moment where you've, you know, you accomplished your original goal or one of your early goals and you've, you've gotten closure with elite athletics because one of the hardest thing about university sports ending is coming to terms with elite sports being done. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, overcoming, overcoming that injury and I appreciate in the last sort of half of that season, you know, knowing that it was probably coming to an end, um, was something I really tried to like enjoy every day and prepare myself for that moment. Um, 
I think walking off the floor for the last time and having a cool little ovation with the people that were in the crowd and, you know, being greeted by my teammates and coaches was like a really cool moment and something I'll never forget. Um, you know, because, you know, I had crossed the finish line and, had, you know, had some adversity around the, during the, the road. So that was a cool moment where I kind of came to the conclusion where, Hey, this is it. And it was an unbelievable chapter in my life. But one thing I think that's been cool since I stopped playing is to be able to still follow the program and, you know, stay in touch with my coaches and, and some of my former teammates and seeing them, you know, have success, especially those who were in maybe their first year when I was finishing up, um, and communicating with them and even little things like seeing people be recognized as like academic all Canadians mm. and, you know, having success on the floor and off the floor, like being a difference maker in the community, you know, seeing that's pretty cool because, you know, when I was there, I tried to sort of lead by example in that sense. And, you know, it, it was important to have your priorities straight with like, you know, being a good person in the community as well as like striving to be your best in the classroom. So, mm. you know, when you have those conversations with guys to see, you know, how things are going and those are things they bring up and like what they're doing, it's, it's pretty cool just to see the, the growth of everybody in, in the program. And Reese, I really wanted to um, get your opinion on something. So guys listening at home, um, Reese is a great example of someone who um, is now working in sport. So, you know, not every athlete is going to end up playing professional sports, but there are opportunities afterwards. So do you want to briefly touch base on some of the, the cool things you've been able to do with your career? For sure. Yeah. So I think, um, you know, when I left the East Coast and, and moved back to Ontario, um, I, as you mentioned, sort of through a program I took in Toronto, was able to jump into the industry um, and I've had some cool experiences with that. Um, and I think it's kind of, it's kind of been every opportunity I've been given or have jumped into, it's it's led to something else and being able to, you know, channel my passion that I had for, for being an athlete into this new sort of chapter mm -hmm. of life mm -hmm. has been really cool. And, you know, working with a lot of great people who, again, have that kind of competitive, like forward thinking mindset who, you know, want the best out of of their colleagues. And, and that's something I've really benefited from. So, you know, in the, in the short time I've, I've been an ex athlete and in the, in the real world, I've, I've really enjoyed my time working in sport uh, and being able to channel my passion in that way. For so. sure. And um, so the last thing we're going to, we're going to talk about here is what's your take home message for young athletes in the communities could be basketball players, could be, could be a different sport. Um, but you know what it takes to get out of Brockville, what it takes to separate yourself. So what's your piece of advice for people who are trying to accomplish some of the, some of the things that you've been able to do? Well, I think, I think it starts with having that, you know, approach and mindset of, of really wanting to, you know, reach your goal. And, you know, that was something that I had, you know, outlined to my dad in grade nine or 10, when he would take me to, you know, university basketball events, like this is something I want to do. Like I want to be on the court, you know, watching, we talked about this earlier, but like watching Acadia when I was in grade eight was like really cool at nationals. So I think, you know, the advice I'd give to, to youth athletes was, you know, have a goal and, and make make it a purpose in everything you do to like try and get there. And, you know, don't be afraid to be, you know, push us out of your comfort zone when trying to get to that goal, because, you know, there's going to be bad days, there's going to be ups and downs um, and, you know, celebrate the successes, but also learn from like the negatives and, and you know, use that as as motivation to improve. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you can be a great teammate and be coachable, I think there's a lot of opportunity to to climb the ranks as an athlete. Um, and, you know, that's a huge portion to it. But Again, if you want to, you know, take that next step and end up playing, whether it be pro or at university, you know, I think every every day is a step in that direction. So if you can maximize, uh, you know, any whether it be like learning from people uh, or playing against competition, it's all money in the bank. So for sure, that is a, another great piece of advice from another uh, great local athlete and another great role model. 
Reese Larry, thank you for your time. Appreciate it, Zach. Uh, thanks for having me in. Doing great things with this. I appreciate it. And we'll have to do another one soon. Sounds good. I'm in. And we're out.